0: This is Pulse ninety five. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk.
1: This is Future Talk with
0: Al Saleh
1: and Hani Balkis.
0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest on what is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. And lots is happening today when it comes to online shopping because many of us, whenever we want to buy something off of Amazon, the first thing we do is check out all the reviews. But what if those reviews are faking the positivity. How can we make sure that the product we're just about to spend our money on is worth buying? This is exactly why we're going to be talking about a massive database of fake Amazon reviews that has been exposed lately.
1: Yes, and we're also talking about a pink iPhone 13 rumor that is going around Twitter and a lot of people are hopeful and a lot of people on Twitter are well, as well are very very excited.
0: Yes, indeed. Coming up on the show as well, we're going to be talking about using video conferencing apps like Zoom and how they may just be able to protect older people and the older generation from diseases like dementia. And that's a very shocking study that I came across that I thought, well, if that could be one of the solutions for helping out with dementia, why not?
1: Yes, and our researcher has found Twitter mulling a paid service called Twitter Blue. Now, it does seem very, very clear that Twitter needs a different source of income. They can't just rely on advertisements because. We're looking at how every now and then they're trying to make a new way for income to circulate around Twitter.
0: Yes, indeed. Coming up on the show, virtual reality is also going to be making an entrance today because we're talking about how virtual reality is being used in therapy to help people with different phobias and those who struggle with paranoia. Lots and lots is in store right here on the show, so make sure you keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. Pulse95.
1: Daily digital news. Bits and Bytes connect our world. Bits and Bytes do connect our world, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, let's go and talk about online shopping for a quick second now. Now, how many of you go and buy something online Mm -hmm. or in particular something on Amazon? And the first thing you do after looking at said product is look at the reviews and see what people are talking about. What do they think about the product? That is the number one thing I do. And to be quite honest, if there is no reviews on a product, I will not buy it.
0: (laughs) I'm much more or less inclined to buy a product if no one said it was good.
1: Yes, but now a major source of fake Amazon reviews have been found and they are lurking out there. Now, a server containing direct messages between Amazon vendors and customers who do provide those fake fake reviews were discovered by the cybersecurity website, Safety Detectives, and people are furious.
0: Yes, indeed. I would be furious if someone was giving a fake positive review and the product is not good at all. And what what a lot of people have been describing this uh, scam, they've been descri- describing it as a fake review scam. Because there's about 13 million records. We're talking about almost 7 gigabytes of data that is involving about 200,000 people in unethical activities going on Amazon and just reporting or posting reviews that this product is good. Oh, this was amazing for my skin, when in reality, it's not at all. Fakery on Amazon, not just fake reviews, but also fake products is a problem that it's been fighting for many years now. They've been creating different databases, algorithms to try and stop. people and sellers from posting counterfeit products, but now they're facing the issue with not the products being fake, but people's reviews about them being fake.
1: Yes, and Amazon has been using machine learning tools and human investigators to analyze over 10 million review submissions weekly. And they did say in a statement that they have clear policies for both reviewers and selling partners that do prohibit the abuse of their community features and they will suspend, ban and even take legal action against those who do violate those policies. But despite Amazon's best efforts, fake reviews are still out there because reviewers and organizations can realize monetary or even material gains. And one of those common schemes is to compensate a reviewer with a free product. In return for a positive review, so we're looking at a win-win situation when it does come to uh, those reviewers getting that product, <laughs> and uh, the, the the person selling the product or the company selling that product is getting a good but fake review, and that is unethical. Number one, mm-hmm. and number two, I do believe that is illegal in the United States and around the world. So. I want to ask you that, you guys, though, how many times have you bought a product off Amazon and it turned out to be fake or the review wasn't as genuine as you expected it to be?
0: That would be so disappointing, to be honest. But if you're wondering how the fake review process works, usually those Amazon vendors that are looking for their products to be rated or given a great positive review would go ahead and send reviewers a list of items and products that they would like a five star review on. These people would go ahead, get their keyboards and start typing. They'd leave the five star review. They'd leave amazing comments. And then the fake reviewer will send a message to the vendor with a link to their Amazon profile alongside their PayPal details. Then the reviewer goes ahead and either pays uh, that reviewer with money or sends them free products as a form of payment it's it's crazy to see how far people are willing to go just to get free items
1: yeah i mean uh, we've seen that a lot we've seen that amazon has been battling fake products and now fake reviews it is a shame because amazon is the biggest marketplace on the internet right now and a lot of people do depend on it even for groceries but we do know their competitor noon Mm -hmm. is coming in clutch (laughs) with a lot of things and to be honest, I have been using Noon a lot, a little bit more lately than Amazon for just some general appliances or items. Let us know your guys' thoughts, though. 4215, Doraslots slots, or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about a pink new iPhone 13, which uh, a lot of people say is the wave. You're listening
0: to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and
1: bytes connect our world.
0: Out of all the colors that Apple has introduced in its spring lineup for its new MacBook Pro computers, they've had a beautiful spring palette come to life. Green, yellow, all the pastels that you could possibly think of that would scream the season spring are in that lineup. But now we're looking at them expanding that color scheme to their iPhones and probably including one of my favorites, which is pink. Because there has been a pink iPhone 13 rumor going around on Twitter. Many people are hopeful and many are saying that this rumor may just be a reality pretty soon.
1: Yes, now that phone color is referred to as rose pink in a tweet and it is surrounded by what appears to be other pink Apple accessories, AirPods, AirPods Max, and even an iPhone case. And uh, pink phones actually did tease a December 2021 release date for that color option, though a lot of tweets from the same account also do mention a November 2021 release for pink, rose, pink and even rose gold pink iPhones. Now, it's pretty weird because uh, bubblegum pink. Not only, not about weird of the color, but weird because yesterday we were talking about how space gray Mm. was discontinued on a couple of Apple products. So for them to go and uh, not even a day later, we're we're hearing about a full-on bright pink, (laughs) right? I mean, uh, you would think that you you would like to give variety to the consumer. Say, hey, if you like really bright colors, here's your pink like really dark colors. Here's your space gray, but it doesn't seem the case with Apple now.
0: I know they've, I feel like they, they've gone away from that whole sleek, elegant look and they've gone for the very bright colors. <laughs> we've seen a red phone, we've seen blue, we've seen green, and now pink is it's pretty shocking. But when we look at their previous. Uh, Phones, especially the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro Max, they came in colors like silver, graphite, gold, pacific blue. And the mini colors actually came with a red and a purple color. And recently they just announced that they were going to be manufacturing the iPhone 12 Pro, with the new purple color now this rumor just like we said it's just a rumor but a lot of those times when it, whenever we're talking about Apple rumors they're coming from analysts that are digging behind Apple they have relationships with uh, and they have you know their own uh, connections with apple engineers and that's where they kind of get their different leaked renders from i honestly i love the pink but i think it's just it's too pink for me and i love pink so if i'm saying it's too pink for me it's way way too bright of a pink color
1: yeah i mean uh pink is very bright it does seem that maybe apple is trying to uh kind of correspond With their consumers because a lot of teenagers Mm -hmm. use iPhones and it is kind of deemed as a stereotype that the older generation does like their Android phones. But Apple hasn't officially said anything about either a release date or any other color options for the iPhone 13. And that is even if they call the iPhone 13. So right now we can only speculate, but the odds of a pink iPhone 13 coming out in 2021 well, they aren't so slim.
0: Yes, indeed, they usually do actually swap out one iPhone color from generation to generation. So they're going to be taking out—not—they're not taking out the space gray from the iPhone colors from—but with when, in ter- when it comes to terms of accessories, they are removing that, and maybe just maybe they'll put in that candy pink color on our iPhones. I think it would—it would be a hit between kids. But imagine like. Imagine adult doll holding this bright of a pink color.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look so sleek and no. elegant per se. But uh, again, uh, if you would uh, g- grab your hands on, grab your hands, gra- yes, let your hands grab the iPhone 13 pink. Let us know, 4215, do it a slots or on our Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. we we'll want to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about Zoom. We haven't talked about Zoom for a good minute now, but now we have some really good news. 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? What's worth a click and download? Now this has been downloaded a lot in 2020, and I do believe a lot of people still have it on their phone, on their computer, on whatever device they use. And we're talking about Zoom. And today, Zoom chats may protect older people against dementia. And another reason to have frequent conversations with your elderly loved ones online. Now, Zoom has been making headlines ever since the pandemic. Uh, A lot of people prefer it over Skype. A lot of people prefer it over Google Hangouts. It is the number one go-to video chat platform and they have upped their game just once again.
0: Yes, indeed. Now, dementia, it's, it's a syndrome. It's a disease that has no cure at all. So it's something that people have to live with and they have to basically manage its symptoms. And it includes forgetting. It's It's a disease where people forget their loved ones. They can even get to a point where they forget their own family members. And it's very difficult to see loved ones and to see your friends and family go through it. And with Zoom, there comes keeping those people company. So what has been interesting about this is Zoom calls have actually been helping the vulnerable, the elderly community... Still be connected, even when physical meetings are not an option. So there are a lot of benefits, according to some studies that were published in the journals around the world, that having meaningful conversation over platforms like Zoom, like Microsoft Teams, it's not just specifically for Zoom. Any online platform can actually help delay the effects of dementia with certain uh, elderly groups. Now, the study was actually conducted by the University of West London's Jeller Institute of Aging and Memory. And they were actually studying the cases of about almost 12,000, let's say 11,500 men and women between the age of 50 and 90.
1: Yes. Now, the subjects were asked how they interacted with friends and family online and offline now uh, the participants had then had a list of 10 words read out to them that they had to recall immediately and again at the end of the cognitive assessment and that study actually found out that those who only use traditional face-to-face communication actually did show more signs of cognitive decline than those who did use technology to keep in touch with those loved ones now meanwhile those who did combine both online and offline modes of communicating even showed better memory and overall. So we're looking at how offline and online interaction is good for people with dementia. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's actually a running joke uh, right down the United States that uh, U.S. President Joe Biden has it for mm-hmm. some reason. And uh, that is what uh, the running joke in the United States, even though it is not a joke. And uh, I'm just looking at this, how it will be very useful to a lot of people. You yeah. know, with the COVID-19 pandemic, unfortunately, we cannot uh, visit the elderly just yet. I mean, there are some people, it's a little bit easier than it was before. Yeah, a lot especially of if have you're been,
0: vaccinated.
1: Yeah, a lot of people have been getting vaccinated. Uh, the elderly have been getting vaccinated first as they are uh, the, the high-risk category. So again, some people are still a little bit scared. So what do they use? What is their alternative? Video chat, Zoom, WhatsApp calls, etc. So I'm looking at this as a good thing because it's not only gives them that comfort that someone is with them, but it is helping their memory.
0: Yes, and especially when it comes to even learning how to use these online platforms. So it was actually helping keep one side of their brain alert, trying to figure out something new that they've never had to deal with before. So... Engaging with those online platforms especially when it comes to video conferencing was actually stimulating their memory functions They were stimulating their brains and keeping them active So as a result when people went ahead and did those tests for them trying to see how many of the 10 words would they remember At the beginning of the call and at the end of the call the results were shocking And this goes to just show how technology is such a double-edged sword A lot of people come out saying you know Technology and Zoom and, and Microsoft Teams and all these online platforms, they just don't work. They don't work for working from home. They don't work to um, help out with communication. But no, there are studies that show that they come in handy for the elderly. They come in handy at times when physical meetings yeah. are not an option.
1: Yeah, and in the UAE alone, Zoom did have a 900% user growth in 2020 because of the COVID 19 pandemic, with 100,000 new users. Within just a week after the U.A. did authorize to use it to facilitate remote working, now uh, Zoom for some reason it does kind of give me PTSD. <laughs> it
0: reminds I... me of our sessions yeah. when we were recording the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, I'm not gonna lie, kind of miss the lockdown days. Kinda <laughs> I wouldn't mind a quick lockdown for a don't moment.
0: Don't drink it, don't drink it, honey.
1: Wouldn't would mind it to be quite honest. Uh, be nice to detach a little bit. But no, all jokes aside, and all my uh, my my. Uh, uh, turning off aside. I hope uh, we continue the way we're doing because we are doing great right here in the UAE. Mm-hmm. Thankfully uh, the UAE has been doing a great job and the community members as well have been abiding to the rules and regulations that the UAE has provided us. So hats off to everyone. Again, this is our responsibility. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about Twitter. So keep Pulse95 locked because we're going to be right back.
0: You're listening to Pulse95 Pulse95 95 95 all around what's worth a click and download Pulse95. Twitter oh Twitter we talk about it all the time recently and we're talking about it yet again today because there is supposedly a new paid service for Twitter known as Twitter blue and this is not yet announced but a researcher actually came across this beta version of the Twitter Blue, and it's just yet another chance and yet another way to make Twitter become a paid service and a way for content creators to make money out of it.
1: Ridiculous.
0: It is ridiculous.
1: It is ridiculous, and I am uh, against it.
0: You sounded like one of those people in the movies, ridiculous. It is,
1: because it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, again, reading this article for the first time, I actually got annoyed because... uh, is just it doesn't even i don't believe even creators are making money it's just twitter to make money now uh the researcher actually found that they are willing to charge two dollars and 99 cents a month to use this service so we're talking about around 12 dirhams mm. a month to use the fr- service now the plan features which will be included in twitter blue is the eight, the ability To save and organize tweets into collections, expanding on Twitter's bookmark feature, which does currently store a chronological list of saved tweets. And the service would also come with, believe it or not, (laughs) an undo tweet button.
0: We were just talking about it yesterday.
1: Yeah, which is equivalent to those on email services such as Gmail, which would allow users to prevent a tweet from being sent for a few seconds just after posting it. So again, it does. I'm, 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 annoyed because what they're doing is they're listening to what the users wanted, which was number one, get that Twitter undo button.
0: But no one wants to pay for Twitter.
1: No one, no one is going to pay for That's Twitter. That's the thing. That's, yeah, and and I mean, why would you pay 12 VETOMs just to have an undo tweet button? Who cares? Uh, I don't if, care
0: exactly. If a
1: couple of people saw my typo, right?
0: I'll delete the tweet and Proof- retweet again. Yeah,
1: proofread. I've made typos and I've had horrible grammar a couple of times on my Twitter, on my tweets. It doesn't mean that I'm going to pay $12 a month now mm. to have the ability to uh, undo my tweets.
0: Now, Twitter has definitely been open to the plan to make a premium Twitter or a premium service of Twitter in the past few months. In January, they actually bought a, a newsletter provider that was allowing users to write and publish subscription emails. And earlier this month, literally beginning of May They actually bought a subscription service that removes advertisements from news sites. So this kind of gives us a little bit of a hint on what they're planning to do with Twitter Blue. They're trying to create a social media platform that is no longer based on ads. Your information won't be tracked, so they're giving users that privacy feature. But Twitter still needs to make money. So they're getting that money from us through those subscription services. They're also working on making a lot of the features within Twitter Blue also be paid. So, I don't know. It feels like, you know, like a fans-only website? Feels, that's, that's what it feels I mean, like. I
1: mean, I think the, the only fans is even better than this. <laughs> it's just tacky. You know, I don't think the creators don't make money. The only one who's making money is Twitter. And uh, I, it seems that this company does have a strong motivation to explore alternate alternative revenue streams. Mm-hmm. Since its main source of income does come from advertising. And it is under attack. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. Apple has rolled out an update. For iPhones and iPads, that does enable a feature called App Tracking Transparency, which does require apps to secure consent from users before profiling them based on their activity across multiple apps. Facebook, Facebook was actually warning on the platforms Instagram and Facebook that if you do not opt in, you do not accept the privacy tracking, we will make Instagram and Facebook for a price. You will have to have a subscription for it. And Twitter is jumping the gun already and saying, hey, well, we'll have a premium type of Twitter. Ah, It's not going to work. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to pay for it. And uh, again, we're looking at let's look at it as a whole. Right. Mm -hmm. We have we already have so many subscriptions. You have your Netflix subscription. You have your Apple iCloud subscription. You have your data subscription. Some
0: people even have Amazon.
1: Yeah, I have an Amazon subscription. Mm -hmm. You have your Amazon subscription. I already have like, I'm talking about five and I still didn't even mention Twitter, (laughs) right? And let's say the cheapest one is for 20 dirhams. So I'm already spending 100 dirhams a month just for subscriptions. Yeah, that's
0: out of the whole expenses even that you'd actually spend on a day-to-day basis. Yeah,
1: and imagine adding 13 dirhams to it just to have an undo tweet button. (laughs) I don't care.
0: The thing is, I feel like the minute Apple released their brand new iOS update, it has has driven all these social media apps crazy because all of a sudden their main source of income is gone they used to depend on our information and they can no longer use that and they've been under attack for it so they're trying to find alternative ways to make money and I get it but at the same time find a different way maybe I don't know announce some extra features that you could launch on Twitter itself but not not a Twitter blue What to organize my tweets and to save them and to have a chance to undo my tweet No one cares I'll just delete it And retweet something else no So what if yeah, two no or cares. three people <laughs> I don't care <laughs> I don't care No, no one cares. cares Yeah, no one cares no About one cares. this feature <laughs> Twitter Blue, let us know 4215 Do it, to allowed to into our DMs At Pulse95 Radio Would you pay No 12 dirhams no. Per month Not
1: even one dirham
0: 12 dirhams Per month Not even for free For Twitter Blue
1: I wouldn't take it for free Same Yeah, I mean Give us voice notes Give us in the DMs Jack Dorsey If you're tuning in Future Talk I am, in. I'm not playing With you anymore <laughs> It's like you listen To the show And you want to Annoy me on purpose 4215 True, Yes. yes yeah, four Just
0: th- yesterday We were talking About the undo And you're like Yeah I don't think an, There should be An undo button It's
1: like you listen And you want to Annoy me Brother If it's problems We can have it Come by the Pulse95 <laughs> Studios 4215 Do it On Instagram At Pulse95 Video Would you pay For a Twitter Blue i already answer For you No <laughs> This is Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about how virtual reality exposure therapy is helping to treat phobias and paranoia. This just goes again to show you how technology is helping us physically and even mentally, and it is helping our health and our well being. Now, we're talking about how you can actually kind of kill your phobia. For example, let's say spiders, snakes, and lizards. How? Well, they'll hook you up to this VR virtual reality headset, and you can then experience having these snakes and lizards around you, <laughs> and uh, maybe you get used to it.
0: You get used to it. I think, I think it's interesting because with such a form of therapy, by using virtual reality, you're looking at your body getting used to whatever it is that you're afraid of one bit at a time so you can control how much you see of that thing that scares you so let's say I'm afraid of spiders so maybe with the virtual reality reality headset the psychologist could show me one spider at a time and then two spiders at a time and then three and who knows maybe then I would feel... oh god I don't think anyone would get used to that by then but maybe over time it would help you get over that fear Maybe not immediately, but then a little bit at a time, it would help you in the long run. A lot of psychologists have actually been using this for virtual reality headset to help people with phobias, especially when they're phobias of things that the usual people wouldn't be afraid of. You know, some people are afraid of water. Others are afraid of...
1: Like they don't drink water.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are afraid of water. They
1: don't drink water.
0: They would drink it, but it's like they're afraid of running water, like tap water. What? Yeah, you'd be surprised. There is a fear I, I, for actually, everything. Actually,
1: I, I found out recently that some yeah. people are scared of holes.
0: Oh yes, that's a that's a very <laughs> like big you, fear.
1: If they see holes, they, they they get they can't.
0: You know, I'm I hate. Not necessarily a phobia, but like I'm afraid of anything that like looks like fungi. Like like the Bubbles bar, chocolate bar. Yeah. I never, never even want to see it. <laughs> Very
1: interesting. Very I, interesting. I, I mean... I, what I, are I, I, you I, I, afraid
0: of? Don't mm, tell me nothing.
1: I don't really have a phobia from anything. Maybe uh, emotional phobia.
0: Nothing of a specific thing. No,
1: like maybe... Not really. I don't... Alhamdulillah, I don't really feel... I got phobia from anything, like I, hmm. I don't like cockroaches, but I'm not scared of them. Like I'm yeah, sp- like I, I'm not afraid of snakes, you're but right. if I see a snake, I beat it up.
0: There's a difference between a phobia and yeah. then a fear. You're absolutely right about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but again, for those who don't know what virtual reality is, it's actually a futuristic headset which does display an all-encompassing videos of whatever you're afraid of, or even for example, let's say some people are afraid of heights. And it does help people manage their anxiety and learn to actually not combat it, but live with that phobia. Now, again, virtual reality technology is increasingly being used or even trialed in treating a number of conditions, from PTSD to depressive symptoms of dementia. Now, uh, now, the U.S. Army actually uh, uses virtual reality. To, uh, to help uh, veteran soldiers who do have PTSD yeah. kind of relive the moments, but in a way that they can cope and live with that anxiety. And uh, virtual reality is becoming the new wave, right? And apparently, the, some people even say that they want to even live into a VR world. Mm. I wouldn't mind it.
0: I wouldn't mind it either. And yeah. I like how it's also making therapy more accessible because... It would make therapy become a cheaper option since when you're looking at the spendings, a psychologist would only have to invest in a virtual reality headset once and they can have so many uses out of it. Let us know your thoughts. What is one thing you're afraid of?
1: Or they can use the Arab way. (laughs) You know what the Arab way is? (laughs) Or maybe it's just my dad way.
0: I oh, it's the error, but I think I have something
1: in mind. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta do it whether you like it or not. True. You gotta touch it whether you. You kill the dog? You're scared cockroach. of snakes? <laughs> Come, touch the snake. The snake kill doesn't the bite. Snake. Yeah. It's not like you have an option. You don't like dogs? Why? <laughs> right? And it's like. No, no, no. He doesn't bite. Right? He doesn't bite at all. And maybe that's why I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> right? Maybe you know, if
0: it works, it works. Yeah. You know, it's been used for years now.
1: Maybe I'm already hurt in the inside from oh all, the, <laughs> all the all Arab ways, the traditional Arab ways. Right? Emotionally scarred. Yeah, maybe that's just my dad. Love you, Baba. 425. <laughs> do slot to run on Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. If you have a phobia of anything or from anything, what is that phobia? And would you put on a VR to uh, kind of live with that phobia?
0: To help get To help you get over it. Future Talk is coming to an end But you can catch us again tomorrow Same time, same place From 2 to 3 p.m. But you can also catch The Sharjah Children Reading Festival tomorrow It's going to be kicking off from tomorrow up until the 29th of May And we have the duo Aisha mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah Keeping you company over there They're going to be having a live show From the heart of the Sharjah Children Reading Festival Sharing all the yeah. different workshops That they have in store They actually have a futuristic workshop over there yeah. All about how children can create robots And uh, different Siri-like applications. Amazing. So it's a phenomenal festival yeah. that I'm sure you'd love to know more about. 4 to 5 p.m. every single day.
1: Yeah, it will be live at the Sharjah Expo Center. And ladies and gentlemen, we're always going to be with you.
0: Wherever you are. Wherever
1: you are. Pulse 95. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's Avril Levine. I'm always with you. <laughs> Man, Avril, uh, dust is coming out it of dust? my mouth yeah, when really. I say her name. <laughs> Such an old girl.